episode 82, Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Ted, we are now in the middle of February, mm. and we did celebrate St. Valentine's Day. What did you what? go with this year for your wife? What's this week? You got a mouse in your pocket? What are you talking about? Well, well you know, both of us did something. You have well, to. I, uh, well, I was working in the early evening, and I was planning to go and acquire some roses. Oh. And... As I left the location where I was picking up some equipment, I was about to head to the uh, to get some, you know, to the grocery store. And my wife called and said, how soon are you going to be home? And I said, well, I just left the hotel. Did you still want me to stop at Walmart? Because she had said she wanted me to stop at Walmart. She said, no, I just want you to come home. I just sent two of them to their rooms and nobody's happy here. Get home as soon as you can. You bring so, happiness. Huh? Isn't that what we all want to do? Bring happiness to yes. one another? That's what you do. So I determined in my infinite wisdom that the roses would not be as valuable as my presence in the home to alleviate any um, Understand. fighting. I thought you were going to say that you had a different set of flowers besides roses. That's what uh, I thought well, I, I thought about buying some tulips. I usually put roses on the piano. I was thinking of getting some right. tulips. But I wasn't sure where to put those. So you're gonna save that. Yeah. Yeah. How about we'll you? That. What did you uh you want to know what I did? This what, is please honest. tell me. I hope this is, is a not good just story. for the podcast. Yeah. We went out the the previous weekend, and we could talk about that some other time. Um I bought a greeting card and wrote a nice note. I felt yeah. that was best served. The flowers but, and the candies and all that, that's nice, but I wrote some words down. To tell Awen, hey, I really appreciate you. And here you go. I think it went over well. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get kicked out. That's half the battle. Uh, that's that's nice. What uh did she uh present you with any uh any uh Valentine's I don't, you know what? We have not in the past, and I will I will defend her on that. We have not really done much with yeah. Valentine's. Usually we just go to dinner. So this was a surprise that you did. It was just like, I want to do something different. We are getting married in May. So I wanted to just, you know, say, Hey, I I really appreciate you and all that kind of stuff. So I I did that. I thought that was nice. I thought that was a nice gesture. So, well, aside from Valentine's day, you know, uh, at least for the youth, uh, we got hockey season winding down here. Oh yeah, baby. Hockey. I had, this was a pretty, pretty neat uh, weekend. The last home games for my two oldest sons was this weekend. And I know this will come as a surprise. I do the uh, the uh, scoreboard. I, I'm sorry. I do the scorecard and the PA announcing, which includes music and stuff like that. I love it. So um, we're putting our degrees to work, Ted. That's right. I mean, let's be honest. That's how you're using now your degree. a volunteer yep. PA announcer. Yep. <laughs> so anyhow, I uh, I suggested. Well, actually, a couple of parents came to me and suggested. So I suggested it to the coaches. I said, hey, it's the last home game of the year. Why don't we announce the kids before the game? And Great they idea. can skate out and everybody applaud. And so we contacted the other team and said, hey, we're going to do this. Would you like us to include you? Can we announce your kids? And everybody was super, you know, oh, that would be great. They'll remember that. Yep. So we get out there. And before the uh, game, I told the referees what we were going to do. And they were super supportive. They were like, hey, you know what? Take as much time as you need. They're going to remember that way more than anything else. Do what you got to do. And so I got to announce, I got to uh, announce 
the rosters for both of my son's teams and I got to announce their names, which is pretty, pretty neat for me and neat to just see them be excited about, you know, getting recognized. So that is so cool. cool. They don't, they don't have that many options. You don't really have anything like that until you get to high school. So when you have those times, that's pretty cool. And then I heard what you did. I get to give you kudos, man. So (laughs) at these games, so everyone knows Ted just doesn't sit there and just keep the score. Every time they score a goal, he's playing music. It's like you're watching the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's pretty D1, man. I'll, I'll give you credit. I appreciate that. Credit. I appreciate it. Well, cool. it's funny that you say the Blue Jackets because I asked my kids, you know, do we need a goal horn? Oh, well, we absolutely do. Well, what goal horn would you like? They picked the Blue Jackets goal horn. So of course they did. Play. Yeah. Oh, and the Blue Jackets, I don't know what the name of the song is, but I play that too. So so you, their season's done. They're, um, they're done. The my oldest son that we have a tournament this coming weekend in uh, Pittsburgh. So okay. we'll play uh, four games, maybe five. If we do well, my other son, his season is over. They'll practice together through the end of the month, but they, the, there are no more games for my, wow. my middle son. So you go to Pittsburgh this weekend, then Pittsburgh this weekend. Oh, now, wow. That's, have you been there before? Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, a couple times. I like it a lot. There. Yeah. It's really cool. You know, yeah. we have this whole Brown Steelers things. You got to throw uh, it out the window. The, the yeah. city's nice. They do yeah. a nice job with stuff. That's yeah. cool. Good for you. You'll have a good time there. That's great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You got anything on the schedule? Well, I'm going to, uh, we'll talk about this later, but I'm going to some of the festivities Oh, okay. for the NBA All-Star game on Saturday. Well, that's uh, that dovetails right into what we have coming up on the show. We have a new segment that I know everybody is looking forward to. It's called Ken is Out and About. And why is Ken doing this segment? Well, with three kids at home, I don't get out and about. Ken has his kids on the weekends and sometimes during the week, he has a little more opportunity yes. to get out than I do. So Ken is out and about is our newest segment. We'll hear about where he goes. We're also going to talk about the super bowel, the super bowel, not the super bowl. I'll explain in Klopp's clips. This week's overachiever overachiever is extra special. We will talk about a great Northern Ohio charity. It's called A Kid Again. Their executive director, Christine Bucknell, is here. And we will also remember a bittersweet day for Browns fans involving Bill Belichick. That and more coming up. Can we have some good news? A Maryland police officer being recognized as a hero after saving a child from being hit by a car. Oh, my gosh. Officer Annette Goodyear was working as a crossing guard and signaled for an oncoming car to stop as a student crossed the street. The car blew into the intersection. The officer pushed the child out of the way before being hit by the car herself. Fortunately, the child was not hurt, and the officer was treated, released, and is now doing well. Wow, that's definitely serving others on that. I I will say this, and this brings me to some other thoughts. When you're in school zones and Um, around buses, I I ask everybody, and because I'm very conscious of this, and maybe it's because I have children, same with you, Ted, Mm -hmm. just be careful. You don't know what's going to happen in these areas, and you don't need to speed. There's no reason for it. You're not going to go anywhere faster. Go the amount of the, the speed limit and just be careful. 
And please, please stop when you're supposed to stop for the buses. Yep. Just do that. That's we want to see all the kids get home and, and all that. So I know this that's is what uh, I think of when I hear this story. And yep. that's just wonderful what that officer did. But that's the first thing I think of. I know I'm uh, I'm towing the line of instigating road rage, but there are times when I'll drive through a school zone and I'm doing my 20 miles an hour and somebody will blow through there. Yeah. And then they get to a stoplight. And yep. I just kind of casually come rolling up and I just look over at them and shake my head. Yep. I don't use any sign language or anything. I just shake my head. Nope. A look is enough. And when you look at them, they are, they already know what they did. Yep. So that's usually what happens. All right. Well, congratulations to Officer Annette Goodyear providing some good news and being recognized as a hero. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Our guest today heads the Northern Ohio chapter of a very special and unique charity. It's called A Kid Again, and we're going to find out all about it with Christine Bucknell. Christine, thanks for your time. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here with the first question. What is A Kid Again? Everybody asks that question. Um, and first of all, thank you, Ted and Ken, for this opportunity to share with the Northern Ohio listeners on what A Kid Again does. So basically what A Kid Again does, it provides families that are raising children with life-threatening conditions, these amazing activities that we call adventures throughout the year. And um, adventures are designed so families can put illness aside and to use their words just to be a normal family. And basically what we do is we take them to fun places like Cedar Point, local zoos, um, soapbox derby. And what makes us super unique is that our concentration is not solely on the critically ill child, but it's the entire family. Because as you can imagine, when that diagnosis is delivered to a family member, that one of their family members have a critical illness, everybody's impacted but in a different way. So our goal is to take these families out, have a great time and mix and mingle with other families that are dealing with the same issues of sadness, fear, uncertainty. And so when I say group adventures, we take almost a thousand people, sick children, brothers, sisters, and moms and dads to Cedar Point. Um, and so each adventure has all these other families um, that just kind of get to hang out to each other so they don't stick out in a crowd. Now they are the crowd and they feel comfortable when their child is using a wheelchair or maybe another child is bald or you know, maybe another child can't speak or walk. So, you know, you know that makes us you know, a little different than all these other organizations that do fabulous work, I wanna add. We really consider ourselves a companion organization to others that serve the same dem demographics. Christine, I, I had the opportunity to do some research on this organization and I was just overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. it. It just sounds, what a great idea of taking someone, you know, certainly the family concept and all that stuff, because everything like that does affect the family. It's just not that individual person. Can you talk about some of the people that are involved? I had an opportunity to look at the sponsors and you guys, the list of people that are involved with your organization that are, you know, working with you guys is unreal. Can you talk about some of those people? Yeah, so um, we've had great partners because they, you know, really get the value of working with the whole family, 
people needing healthy recreational breaks and that these adventures are year round and you can go to as many as you want. And our, our longest supporter and greatest supporter, I would be remiss without mentioning Cedar Point. Um, they have been amazing partners over the years. They provide um, adventures every year to every single one of our family members. Like I said, it's a thousand people that go to Cedar Point. They cover the admission, they cover parking, they cover food, they provide us volunteers and they treat our families like they are their own and royalty and with passion. Other great supporters are GPD Group down in Akron. They have been amazing, not only through their corporate donations, but also through their employees foundation. And they actually help us with the soap, not help us, they plan and execute the Soapbox Derby um, every year where the kids actually, even kids using wheelchairs get to take rides down the hill on a Soapbox Derby. Wow. Um, we have bouncy rides, we have crafts. They're amazing. Cowlick Giving, I would be remiss um, with not mentioning them. They're huge supporters in the community too, and they've been a longtime supporter with a kid again. So yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have such great supporters who really get the need to put illness aside. I mean, laughter is the best medicine. Sure. So these adventures provide happy memories that will last forever and replace maybe some of the sad ones with some good ones. So you have, I'm sure, a staff of people who help coordinate this. Can you describe what all is involved? You know, you're going to take, I don't know, 10 kids, however many kids, 10 families to Cedar Point, you mentioned. How does all that work? What all has to happen that people probably don't realize in order to make this a special day? Well, um, like I mentioned, it's way more than 10 families because we take about a thousand people. So we're talking like, you know, a couple hundred families. So it's super simple for a family to enroll. We understand that their lives are hectic and confusing. I mean, you can just imagine, I mean, how many pieces of paper do you get when you just go to the doctor for a checkup? You get, you know, stacks of paper that says, well, this is your bill. This is an explanation of benefits. This is what's paid. So just imagine if your child is undergoing treatments and therapies every year, all year. So we make it really simple. All they have to do is go to our website, um, which is www.akidagain.org. There's an enrollment button. They just enroll it. They let us know what city and state they're in. And they just enroll and they just do everything online. So it's really simple. And, you know, we don't do this big research. We don't spend and ask them a lot of questions unless maybe it's an illness we've never heard of. We might look into it a little more, but it's super easy. So then they're enrolled and they get invited to the next adventure. And we have an amazing program and communications coordinator, Megan Hawkins, who delivers these great experiences and plans the adventures for the year. Um, She's got a great lineup of adventures this year, and I'm really excited. Um, we're going to Cedar Point, of course, a fan favorite for everybody, right? Um, the Soapbox Derby. We're partnering with the Akron Rubber Ducks this year, and so we're actually going to do a movie night on the playing field where the kids can watch the movie on the Jumbotron. And we're actually going to make that one a community event. So when people purchase tickets, some of the proceeds will come back to a kid again. So it won't just be our families. Um, we've outgrown, I've been here since 2013. We've outgrown maybe 
four venues for our holiday party, which also brings about a thousand people, the IX Center is now partnering with us. So we will have ample room to have the best holiday party ever for these kids. Um, so yeah, Megan Hawkins makes the magic happen. Of course, I'm there. And then I have a great donor specialist, um, Julie Nagy, who helps us connect with folks, um, community grants, um, school fundraisers, research, you know, because it all takes money to make, you know, the merry-go-round you know, merry go, go round. So I have a great team. They're so compassionate and loving that um, we get to pull off these adventures and just make these families smile. Christine, that's just so great. Uh, one thing I did see on the website that I want to ask you about as well, obviously, I was always looking for donations, which I think is certainly important. But the other thing I saw as well is you guys are looking for volunteers. Talk about some of the volunteer opportunities there are with the group and what sort of things people would do. Yeah, so you did mention it first. You know, obviously, we're always looking for donations. As I like to say, cash is king. But <laughs> there's uh, many other ways that you can help and have a tangible discount. Um, a tangible, make a tangible difference on the life of a family that's going through the unimaginable. So volunteering at adventures, of course, you will actually get to see and meet these families come up by the hundreds with smiles on their face. You can help check them in. You can walk them around the park. If somebody has a child, maybe that's, um, you know, using a wheelchair. Um, and then you maybe have another child that wants to go on a wheelchair. So we have volunteers that will maybe sit with the child that maybe can't go on the, you know, the biggest roller coaster that they have um, or help them get in line for food. So you really will have a tangible experience with these families. Um, they'll pass out t-shirts or gifts or volunteers get to do crafts with families. So again, this is a great opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one experience. There's a lot of great organizations out there, but you never even get to see the people um, that you're serving. So obviously volunteerism is great, um, not just for adventures, but of course there's always this behind the scenes activity that um, may not be as fun, but it does make a tangible difference on the lives of these people. And that could be anything from even planning the adventures. You may go to the adventure when you plan it. It might be data entry or administrative items that we need to get done in the office. Um, it could be things like we last during COVID, we came up with this amazing program called Adventure in a Box when we couldn't meet in person. We sent out these boxes filled with fun activities that the family could do. So when the family got delivered this box, they got to open it up and they knew that we did not forget about them during a time where they were even more frightened and more lonely than the rest of us. Because you can only imagine what this pandemic did to people with children with auto that are have autoimmune issues because of the illness or the treatments. Sure. So yeah, there's like a lot of ways that you can get involved. Um, we have an associate board that's made up of young professionals um, that are create, they create an annual golf outing. And then of course we're looking for advisory board, um, you know, C-suite executives that want to help make a difference in the community. Sure. Well, if folks want to either, they have a, a family member, a child that they want to enroll or if folks want to donate, I think all that is uh, probably the same location. Can you talk about those processes and where to start with those? Yeah, so there's always on our website has different connections to um, who um, you would talk to. So like I'm the executive director. So if you want to talk about making any kind of donations, um, you could just call me, but you could just go on our website 
and who we are and go to the chapters and you'll find who we are. So again, our website is um, www.akidagain.org, but you always wanna make sure that you go to the Northern Ohio. Um, and I like to say too, that the work that we do here in Northern Ohio remains serving families here in Northern Ohio, even though we are a national organization. Uh, we have three chapters in this state. We're in three other states, Michigan, the Carolinas, um, Pennsylvania, and we are growing um, to meet the need of families that just need these um, fun activities to forget about being sick. Awesome. Well, you're doing great work and it's uh, obviously something that's very impressive, very special for all those families and uh, congratulations on making the a difference in the lives of so many families. Well, you know, I always say if you have to go to work, which most of us do, the reward is definitely in going to work. The reward is definitely when you see these kids. I've been here since 2013. I've seen kids grow from two to you know eight years old, 10 years old. I've seen children grow into teenagers, um, but they're battling this every day of their lives. And so when I get these hugs and kisses from these kids, their brothers, I mean, I'm giving myself shivers just thinking about it. I mean, it's just truly a joy. In, in what I do. And I think Megan and Julie who work with me feel the same. Awesome. Well, congratulations. And thank you so much for your time, Christine Bucknell from A Kid Again. Best of luck. Thank you, Ted and Ken. You guys have a great day. Keep doing what you're doing. Ted, I wanted to come up with a segment because Basically, in the past couple of weeks, because the numbers have been down, Ken Dworsnik has been out and about. Out and when about. I say out and about, I've been out and about. So with my job, I do sales for a company based on Cincinnati, and I've had the opportunity to see customers again and all that just because the numbers are down and things are opening up. But so I've had an opportunity between work and personal to visit many different places. And I wanted to give kudos to the different places that I went to. I also will mention if I spent time with somebody that has been on this podcast. So there you go. I, I figured you would like that as well. Hey, so, it's been on this podcast. Yeah. A couple of these places she's been with me, but there's another person as well oh. that I visited with. Okay. So the first place I went to right after uh, the snowstorm we had, remember the bad snowstorm last uh, two weeks uh, ago? How can I forget it? So I come back, I was driving back from Indianapolis. And so at the time we didn't have any food at the house because we didn't prepare. That's okay. Um, we wanted to find a restaurant and there was nothing open. I mean, nothing, everything was closed. Panini's, Burntwood, and I'm not saying anything negative. I don't blame them, but there's a place that's in the plaza across from a planet fitness in Rocky river called Sakana. So we were able to go there. <laughs> I was there with a one. We were the only two in the restaurant. So <laughs> It was actually kind of cool. It's private dining. So kudos to them. Yep. Last Saturday, we had some errands to run and we wanted to kind of do a couple different things. So we visited a couple different breweries. Mm. A couple of these you'll know. So we went to Noble Beast. Noble Beast. Still outstanding. Yep. We went to the Buckeye Beer Engine in Lakewood. Still mm. outstanding. Went to Masthead. That's still outstanding. Went to the Bookhouse Brewery. Not still outstanding. <laughs> Now, for a minute, <clears throat> if you'd have slowed down, I thought you said, I went to Mass, Ted. Well, of course I went to Mass. Well, I know you went, went to Mass, mass but now, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. that's a little different to go from, you know, yeah, 
okay. bar to bar and then to mass. That's that's <laughs> some people may want to do that. I know it's not my cup of tea. So Saturday or uh, Christmas Day is a little different story, though, for most people. I'll leave it. At yeah. That. So, yeah. And then also went to one of my favorite places, Porco. It was nice. And I will tell you this, Ted, all the places we went to, there was limited staff, but everybody worked their cans off. It was awesome. Good. But yes, I have two others I wanted to bring up. Um, the Berea Depot. I had an opportunity to have lunch and I can mention this man's name because he was on the podcast with this Steve Thompson, the Baldwin Wallace athletic director, him and I caught up. I've not talked to him in a while. Steve says hello. Uh, Went to the Bria Depot. It was kind of the same situation. It was just the start of lunch. The people could not been any nicer. I mean, the food was great, but everybody was so super nice. That was cool. And then one last place that I want to kind of tell people I went to is actually in Lorraine. It's called speak of the devil. It's owned by a husband and wife, and they have some of the best craft cocktails I've had in a long time. It's a little bit of a distance off 90, but they do a great job right in downtown Lorraine. So I just wanted to kind of give some kudos to some different places that I went to where I was out and about and had a great time and try to get out and support these people because you know what? They need your business. Obviously, they're all local chains i didn't mention any national chains here or anything like that they could use your business and it'd be great if you also could support them and be out and about time for another cleveland calendar and from destination cleveland two middle-aged men in cleveland's entrant into the uh, nba slam dunk contest jennifer brasdovich is with us Jen's hey guys, been, uh, working on that uh, that dunk, and uh, how's that coming? You know, um, I th- I think I'm going to be ready to compete this weekend. Okay, All I right. I've been working working hard. You know, I've I've been trampoline practicing, so I should mm-hmm. be ready to, right. to hit that slam dunk contest. Okay. All right. Well, if you hurt yourself, uh, just uh, you know, I'm sure we signed a waiver at some point. But anyhow, uh, there's this uh, NBA All Star business here in town. Uh, give us some idea. Uh, they've kind of taken over downtown, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of it happening downtown. Uh, if anyone's been downtown in the last week or so, ton of signage up. Um, everything is wine and gold. You know, it looks like the cast have taken over downtown. Uh, but it's it's going to be a really exciting weekend. And the cool thing is, even if people don't have tickets to the events, there's a lot of really great ways that they can be a part of the action, close to the excitement this weekend which will be really cool. Jen, I signed up, so please help me. At times I just sign up for things that I don't know what I sign up for. So I signed up for an event at Public Auditorium on Saturday from noon to four. And it's a combination of, looks like little different interactive things and art and also other things with the All-Star Game. Inform me of what I bought. That would be <laughs> awesome. So I'd be happy to. Um, so it sounds like you're going to NBA crossover on Saturday. Yes, that's it. Um, so that is, that's basically the all-star fan festival. Um, it's happening all weekend long at Cleveland public auditorium. Cool. It's an interactive fan event. It kind of showcases the, um, the crossover between basketball and culture. So there's going to be art demonstrations, um, some fashion installations, live music, some technology stuff, um, some player appearances, and there's some, um, all-star specific, like, memorabilia and apparel and stuff they can get your hands on down there too so um it's really the the easiest way for clevelanders to be a part of this action um to really feel like they're part of the the all-star excitement is to get those tickets to crossover 
30 bucks a day, I mean, for four hours and all of this cool stuff that's going to be happening there. And you might get to meet an NBA player. So it, it should be a, a really good time. That's cool. Will you be signing autographs there? You know, I, I was going to wait until Sunday after oh, my, okay. um, my slam dunk move. contest appearance, yes. you know, because I want to okay. drive up the, the demand. <laughs> well, aside from the NBA stuff, is there is, is there anything else going on? There's, you know, just just a ton of stuff happening this weekend. Um, whether you're going to crossover, um, if you don't have tickets to any of the, the NBA events, you know, the, the game tickets are basically sold out. And unless you've got a few thousand dollars hanging around, you're probably not going to go to the all-star game on Sunday. Um, but there's a ton of stuff happening in and around downtown, in and around Cleveland. So um, one cool thing that's happening, there's a ton happening over at Tower City Center. Um, you know, this is a, a place that we know and love here in Cleveland, and it's really seeing a revitalization right now. So there's a pop-up experience over there called NBA Ice Buckets, where you guys can um, practice your, your three-pointers, um, make a few shots over there, and um, people can win um, NBA memorabilia, all-star memorabilia. They can be entered in to win tickets to some of the events this weekend. So that's happening at Tower City. Also at Tower City on Saturday is the Real Black Friday Black Business Expo. Um, this is going to be really cool. It's going to showcase over 100 local Black-owned businesses. There's going to be live music, some special guests, fashion show, um, a kid's zone. So a really great opportunity to support our small business community there as well. Um, and then over at the Cleveland Metropolitan Conference Center, we're going to have the Cleveland Power of Sports Summit hosted by our friends at the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. Um, this is going to be a total celebration of diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports. So there's going to be um, some, some talks that are happening. There's going to be live demonstrations. There's going to be some activities, some hands-on events. Um, really cool way to, to celebrate that diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports. And, you know, that's what the NBA is all about. They're celebrating it all weekend long including with the HBCU challenge, um, HBCU challenge, which is the first ever HBCU classic for NBA all-star happening here in Cleveland. So we're excited to be part of that history. And that's going to be a matchup between Howard and Morgan state university. That's at Wolstein center on Saturday. And last I checked, there are tickets still available. So, um, that's kind of a cool way too to see maybe some of this up and coming, um, basketball talent and, um, really celebrate this, this history that we're making here in Cleveland this year. That's really cool. I, I did hear earlier today and then earlier in the week, I don't think people realize the, the economic impact that the all-star game brings to the city. I heard numbers and Jen, tell me if I'm wrong, because obviously you're with the right people and I just kind of hear things. I heard it, that they can bring in as much as $176 million from the weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I think that's a, a historical figure from one of the past All-Star Games. We're estimating over $100 million in economic wow. impact here in Cleveland just from this weekend alone. So that's, you know, people spending money at our hotels, at our restaurants, um, at our, our events that are happening around town. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they've got a new exhibit, Baseline to Baseline, that celebrates music and NBA culture. Um, so all of that is going to add up. Um, but more importantly, what this is going to do is really put Cleveland in the international spotlight once again and really show people that Cleveland is the place to be. You know, we've got a lot of passion here. We have a lot of sports passion and a lot of sports history here. Um, so it's going to be a really great weekend to showcase that. And um, people are going to see us on TV across the world. It's going to be really cool. That um, will be neat. Yeah. Yeah. That, that and it's really cool. And like I said, even if you don't have tickets, you know, we're encouraging people come downtown, come into the neighborhoods, be a part of the excitement. There's going to be stuff happening, watch parties happening across the city. 
Um, throughout downtown, Listen CLE has buskers that are going to be performing live music. So we'll have some live music at the Cleveland Visitor Center and then down at Playhouse Square. Um, so it's just going to be a really great opportunity to walk around, take in the sights, see all of the excitement and, and be close to the action here in downtown. Maybe you'll see an NBA player walking around. I don't know, but it should be. I think we'll a, probably really notice that, Ted. Yeah, they'll I mean, be the tall guys. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Jen, I have one more question. I know Ted has one more question. So with everything that's going on this weekend, obviously it's so jam-packed and I know it's pretty easy for people to find information. Is there anything you can highlight for the following weekend? Is there anything going on in the next couple of weekends as well that you can maybe want to talk about? Yeah, um, so we're almost to the end of February already. I can't believe it. Um, next weekend, February 26th, we're going to celebrate a, a different type of culture here in Cleveland. Have you guys heard of Carantavanye? I'm sorry, what? I have, I have not. Cool. Caranta Vanye. It's the um, Slovenian Mardi Gras. I should know this because I'm part, I'm part yeah. Slovenian. How do there I not know this? So okay. it's happening. It's in Slavic Village. Um, you know, it starts this weekend, but they're doing virtual events all week long. And then it all culminates in a parade next weekend on the 26th. Um, so Clevelanders who are not a fan of the winter, this is like the event that they want to be at because this is how they scare away winter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they've got these, these currents <laughs> who come out, they jump around. It's a really cool um, celebration of the culture here in Cleveland. And um, it's going to be really fun. And then same day, uh, Bright Winter Music Festival is returning this year after a pandemic hiatus on the 26th. Um, so it's going to be a big weekend next weekend. And then, you know, hopefully spring will be here before we know it. And we'll be seeing more of those outdoor events. Absolutely. That is so cool. That would wow, be awesome. What's going on. It's great. That's great. We need a thaw, Jen. We need a thaw. We do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, get your high tops laced up and uh, We'll check in and uh, see see how you finish in the uh, the three point contest there uh, uh, this this week. I'm ready. Watch okay. for me, guys. Thanks, Jen. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Ken, here we go. News you haven't heard but I'm going to provide it now. Massachusetts woman traveled to Los Angeles to visit her daughter and attend the Price is Right. Catherine Graham got the chance to come on down. She got on stage and then she won her pricing game. Ooh. Her prize? A trip to neighboring New Hampshire. <laughs> the Massachusetts woman with an all-expense-paid trip to New Hampshire. Host Drew Carey apparently told Catherine, congratulations, New Hampshire is beautiful. To which she told Drew, I live in Boston. I've been to New Hampshire a million times. So, that is outstanding. Yeah. Went all the way to, to New Hampshire, by the way. I mean, it is nice, but I, is I, nice. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, don't know, I guess yeah. I question, I, I would think you'd want to go to some Caribbean place. That's all. Yeah, I would, I, I, yeah, I, uh, especially this time of year. Let's be honest. Yeah, New Hampshire, yeah. this time of year is yeah, it's snowy. Yeah, go all the way to Los Angeles to uh, win a, a trip to a neighboring state. Well, as we all know, the Super Bowl was Sunday. On Monday, there was a contest online from Tushy. Now, Tushy is a bidet company. They apparently offered a ten thousand dollar award in their Super Bowl Monday competition. Oh. 
company announced on Twitter, quote, we're serious. You could win 10 grand if you send us your big, your post big game poop on Super Bowl Monday. Oh my. Bonus points if you can tell us what food it used to be. If you're poop shy, shoot us a DM. And if you want to read the official rules, they provided a link. Another Twitter user replied to this tweet saying, quote, I cannot believe I'm raising a child in a world where this exists. Oh, that's outstanding. Because that's well said. I, I yeah. They then, want you to take a picture? Take a picture. Now, what okay. I want to know is, aren't there... That's a little much. I can't believe there aren't rules on Twitter about sharing yeah. photographs of... Of that kind yeah. of stuff. I'm familiar with Tushy. I've heard about their product. I, from what I've been told, and I'm not even trying to be funny, it's pretty good, from what yeah. I've been told. Okay. But I don't... that. That's not the promotion I think they were looking to do. I, <laughs> I, I understand what they're looking to do, but I don't... It did turn out to what they were what looking to do. What would you do for 10 grand? <clears throat> well, Valentine's Day was Monday. Uh, apparently Super Bowl Day, but this is not related to that. Valentine's Day... If your love life, though, wasn't all lovey-dovey, there's an idea here for you. The Helmsley Conservation Center in southeastern England gave jilted lovers the chance to name a cockroach after their ex. Jeez. All thing being done to raise money for the center. Oh, my. I guess you get a picture of the cockroach and, hey, look, there's Sue. That's a. I mean, I, I, that's clever. I think that's a that's a clever idea for, yeah. for and that's for charity, right? Is that a charity? Well, thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a zoo or a. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's neat. A twenty-year-old uh, man from Akron, Ohio, <clears throat> he decided that he wanted to take part in the protests, the ones that have been going on in Ottawa, Canada, over the mask oh, mandates and all that, the truck thing. Yeah. So his bright idea, he figured he'd call in a bomb threat. Oh, the police would have to chase that instead of dealing with the mask protests. <laughs> the uh, problem here, aside from phoning in the phony bomb threat, is that the guy did not call Ottawa, Canada. He called the police department in Ottawa, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> he actually called him twice, Ken. He claimed he'd been <laughs> shot the second time. And that's when he discovered... <laughs> <laughs> That's when he discovered he was talking to somebody in Ohio. <laughs> the uh, the sheriff's office has asked the county prosecutor to pursue some charges for, for oh this. Oh my year. god! <laughs> that might be the this best one we've ever had. This Ottawa? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not that familiar with all the area codes, but I do know there is a difference in the area code for Canada and Ottawa, Ohio. <laughs> that much I do know. Yeah. That's a 419er. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh, Ted. That is, wow. That's an idiot of the week. That that's, is just, yep. my gosh. That's Holy cow. That's the way to put a punctuation mark on this week's collection of Klopp's Clips.
right, time for another Cleveland history segment and our Cleveland historian, John Grabowski, back with us. John, Cleveland Public Hall is a really interesting building. I know it was part of the, the city plan, uh, you know, as they were building this city, but it's got the, the main area and then some other little smaller theaters in it. I guess, can you talk a little bit about, first of all, how or why a place like Cleveland Public Hall was part of the initial plans? Why was this, why was this needed? Well, it's, uh, you know, we're looking at the, the mall plan, which is a groundbreaking plan for Cleveland. And what they wanted to do is group all the major civic buildings around, around that, that mall. So what we're looking at is, you know, the county courthouse and city hall at the north end. Uh, you're looking at the federal uh, federal courthouse, now the Metzenbaum courthouse, and the public library eventually at the, uh, uh, sorry, at the north end is, is city hall and uh and County Courthouse, and at the south end, you've got the Public Library and the Metzenbaum Courthouse. And so Cleveland wanted also, you know, to be, you need to be a major city, you needed a place for civic events. And more than just civic events, you could also attract uh, conventions. And uh, that's that's where the public hall comes from. Uh, you know, they actually had planned it before the First World War, uh, but they didn't get it underway until uh, 1920. It was completed in 1922, and uh, Frank Walker of Walker and Weeks was uh, one of the architects for it. We won't go into that, but it was immense. It was the largest hall of its kind when it was started, uh, when it was finished. Uh, had a pipe organ with 11,500-some pipes in it, the largest pipe organ so far in the world. Wow. At that time. Exhibition hall in the basement, and um, and immediately, you know, it, 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 its attractions were, were palpable because in 1924, we got the Republican National Convention. In 1936, we got it again. And, and you have to imagine that Cleveland in 1920 is the fifth largest city in the United States. So this, this is a real civic draw. Yeah. Uh, and it gets expanded. Uh, the music hall and the theater were ended at the uh, South End uh, in 1928. Uh, Music hall seated 3,000, the three uh, theaters seated 600 and under, you know, and there's a basement of the original building. And then in 1964, they expanded the convention center under Mall B. Uh, and then of course, more recently it was expanded. So we've got one heck of a convention center. It goes back to civic pride. Yeah. Wow, that's that's unbelievable, John. I know just from my experience at Public Hall, I've been to a couple of different events. I remember, and it's so funny with that, structure all the different types of events they have i've been into a wrestling tournament there mm. i actually as a younger person ran in a track meet but can yeah. you talk about some of the other events i know you talked about some of the conventions and that what are some of the other famous events that have happened at that hall well you know it was the venue for the metropolitan opera when it came to cleveland every year then uh, and one of the stories is i think it was franco corelli uh came out on stage before the opera and I looked around and he said he meant so it was just a big, big place. So it was probably the largest venue that the Met went to. You had rock concerts there. Some rock concerts were, were so rowdy that they, they banned rock concerts. So any kind of event that could fit into that hall has been in that hall. So it's more than just political conventions. Uh, and now with the expansion of the convention facilities, you know, that's what the city is aiming does to bring more people into the city to, uh, for a convention or an event post-COVID and to get to know the city better. So, yeah. Sure. But now at Public Hall, you mentioned there's a couple other theaters and other places. Aside from the main hall, what all else is in the Cleveland Public Hall uh, uh, building? 
I know it's connected to the convention center, but what all else is in that? Well, you know, at the south end, you you have uh, the music hall, which was added in 1928, and that seats uh, 3,000 people. And there's a little theater area that seats 600 people. So you have these these separate breakout areas there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that is unbelievable. And John, I guess one of my last questions, you know, they've they've done some renovations and things like that. To your knowledge, what kind of monies have been spent there for the renovations that they've done for that place? You know, Ken, I really don't know what what money has been spent. Uh, overall, I know that the city has put an immense amount of money into rehabbing the mall and and the public auditorium because, again, you know, the business of many major cities in the United States today is tourism and building tourism with conventions. And so the better the facility, the larger the facility, the more air conditioned it is, the more, the closer it is to hotels. If you're looking at the new Hilton Hotel, I mean, that's, that's why it's there. Uh, it's, it's, it's at that edge of the mall. So, yeah. And, you know, interestingly, the, uh, the school administration building, Cleveland Public School Administration Building, which is one of the last buildings built on the mall, one of the last, is is now a uh, it's a hotel. So yeah, wow. it's, sure, sure, yeah. I remember a lot of discussion about do we really need uh, the school administration building on such a hot piece of property yeah. in the middle of downtown, and obviously that has uh, changed now. Well, John, we appreciate the info. On uh, Cleveland Public Hall, just celebrated its 100th birthday. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Time for the overachievers. Yeah. Ted, you didn't make it again. There we go. I don't know how many consecutive weeks now it is, but you did not make it. Too many. We'll have to talk to our staff once again, but a man from Yemen. Yemen? Yemen? Yemen. How about Yemen? I'll go with Yemen. Okay. A man from Yemen broke his own, oh wow, a world record for egg stacking with four stacked in a tower. Let me read that again. A man from Yemen broke his own world record for egg stacking with four stacked in a tower. Four eggs on top of one another. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mohammed Magbel had the previous record of three. He says this is more difficult than it looks. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Balance, balancing takes a toll on your body because of the high levels of focus needed to achieve such a thing. The most difficult part from the attempt was finding the center of gravity for each egg due to its unique shape and texture. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> I would agree. But how long did it take you to stack those things? Uh, they didn't. They, I, I, I don't uh, I don't think there was a time limit. And these are not we're not talking about eggs that have been uh, hard boiled. These are well, raw if, you, eggs. if you Google this uh, a guy from from Yemen or Yemen, uh, oh, it's, it's whatever you prefer. So. <laughs> it's uh, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. But uh, yeah, if you Google that, you'll find uh, you'll find that. I don't think anybody's getting a five on this. I think he's, I mean, I thought three is impressive. This person got four. Well, maybe we could try to do like a, you know, a live podcast or something. And we could just show us trying to put four eggs on, on top of one another. I think that'd be amazing. Amazing video. Don't you think? Well, uh, if three isn't enough. Yep. That's what they say. Go for four. That's right. right. Well, that's our overachiever. Con- congratulations to Mohammed. Well done. Four eggs.
Cleveland! This is for you! Another This Week in Cleveland Sports History. We are joined by Dusty Sloan. And Dusty, I know this is a time that many people remember. February 15th, 1996. NFL coaching maestro Bill Belichick is fired by Cleveland, finishing his Browns coaching career with a record of 36 and 44. First of all, you're, you're certainly, what were your thoughts at that time when the Browns did that? Well, I'm, I'm so glad you guys brought this one to my attention. I, I'm going to enjoy this one. First of all, at the time I was, uh, I had just turned 19. My birthday is on Valentine's day. So uh, that that's, that's number one. Number two, they weren't the Browns anymore. They already moved. So I didn't really care what they did with Bill. Belichick. <laughs> But the third and most important thing about this is all of the reporting about this is wrong, and it happens every year. And I want to set the record straight. I have to do this on social media every once in a while. Bill Belichick was not fired by the Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick was fired by the Baltimore soon-to-be Ravens. Ah, because the, right. Ra- because the Ravens had been approved for, sa- for the move. Modell had gotten approved for the move like five or six days before he fired him. So he was not fired by the Cleveland Browns. I uh, I heard, I don't know if this is true, I heard they fired him for diminishing skills. <laughs> well, that's not that's not surprising. And some of the things that, yeah, the, the Bernie, Co- I remember that day vividly too, and we'll get to that <laughs> at some point, I'm sure. But uh, the one thing I do remember about that and doing the research for this, and it came back to me, is Art Modell was trying to get Don Shula to be the head coach of his new Baltimore team, and, he, and Shula wouldn't do it. So hmm. they so they fired uh, Belichick and ended up with Ted Marchabroda, who who then eventually begot Brian Billick, and the rest, as they say, is history. Unfortunately, next man up, Brian Billick. There we go. There we go. Well, here's the one thing, Dusty, about Bill Belichick. You know, as this you know, a couple weekends ago, I was had the opportunity to watch him coach against Miami, and boy, that guy doesn't care what he looks like. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> he looks like he's been on a bender for six weeks. And he doesn't care. Unshaven, wearing, you know, a baggy sweatshirt that he can care less about. At that time, Dusty, and you got to remember this, you know, certainly we're talking about 1996 and he had his success with the Giants. Did you think he turned out to be the coach he is now? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. None of, it, none of us could see that coming. Obviously, our model didn't see it coming. But, I mean, he obviously went back and, and worked with Bill Parcells again with the Patriots. And then he had that whole tête-à-tête with the Jets where he was the coach. And the next day he wasn't the coach. And he didn't start out real well in New England either. And then Marvin Lewis helped him and Tom Brady out by nearly decapitating Drew Bledsoe. And then the rest is history. Yeah, that's very true. I had uh, one other question for you, Dusty, but uh, I, I'm going to hold on to it because I hear we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> that, that's true. We are on to Cincinnati, yes. Oh, my. Well, Dusty, once again, always interesting to go back in time, certainly a more recent time, 1996, February 15th, when the Browns, well, slash Ravens let go of Bill Belichick, who had a crew record of 36 and 44. Dusty, thanks for the time once again. Thanks, fellas. Cleveland! This is for you! Oh, no, not a dad joke. Why do bees have sticky hair? Hmm, I don't know. 
It's because they use a honeycomb. That joke was horrible. Ken, we're wrapping up episode number 82. When I say number 82 to you here in Cleveland, uh, what do you think of? There's pretty much only one guy, isn't there? The wizard. The wizard. The wizard. Mm-hmm. Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome. Pride of Alabama. There yep. he is. One of the all-time greats. One of the all-time greats. That's all you have to say. That's it. Well, next week on the, not next week, two weeks from now on the show, Mark Hamer from Garage Creative Studios in Brexville is going to join us. They are a, they create movies, uh, corporate videos, all kinds of things. They just released a uh, movie with former Browns running back Peyton Hillis in it. Oh, that's outstanding. So. That's cool. Yeah, I guess we're going to uh, we're going to talk to Mark about that and uh, haven't heard too much about Peyton Hillis since he, I guess, retired. So obviously <laughs> he's been doing some acting and uh, we'll see what that's all about. Acting and just like many other folks, he was doing a podcast for a while, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, OK. All right. That's great. Good for him. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Interested to talk to Mark. I know he's written some books as well, so that'll mm-hmm. be uh, that'll be uh, very interesting to talk to somebody who's out and about in the uh, in the Cleveland area. Just like well, us, Ted. Yeah, I was just, just going like to say, us. he's not the only one who's out and about. I know somebody else who's out and about. Uh, Ken, Ken Dworznik, out and about here in Cleveland. So when I'm experiencing All-Star Weekend on Saturday, mm-hmm. any type of sayings or anything like that I should say to, if I see any of the players? What do you think I should bring up? Um, if How you tall are you? Say, say you stick. You play basketball. Say, I'll bet I can beat you in a game of pool. Yep. Um, challenge, I can beat you in tiddly wings. I was just going to say, challenge, uh, challenge somebody to, uh, you know, rock, paper, scissors. Or a game of war. A game of war. That would be a good one. Yeah. Yes. Say, yes. or, or you could go with the always popular, how's the weather up there? They love That's that. That's always good. What I hear. Yeah. yeah. What's it like to take a shower being yes. your height? <laughs> How what's many it like to use the toilet? How many door frames do you hit on a daily basis? Yes. Do yeah. you sleep in a regular size bed? All the, all the routines, the same yep. stuff. Yep. They'll love you. You know, I'm hoping to see, I really am when I'm yeah. there. I mean, I, these celebrities and all that stuff from the all-star game would be cool. I mean, obviously anybody and you, you recognize them. I want the old school guys. I want the old school. Kids. You want to see world be free. I want to see world be free. That's okay. it. Hands okay. down. Yep. And mind you, as we're closing here. Yeah. Doc Rivers, when the Cavs played the Sixers a few weeks ago, by the way, the Cavs will never come on our podcast. We wrote them pretty good, but they're playing pretty well. So we'll leave it at that. So the Sixers beat the Cavs. Doc Rivers mentioned for five to 10 minutes that the person he looked up to for the longest time and the reason he's had so much success in his career is Austin Carr. Mm. How about that? How about that? that? Pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, it's a Cleveland connection. I heard an interview. Uh, you might remember this name, Muggsy Bogues. Certainly do. Yeah. You know who he looks up to? Everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Dad, we'll leave things at that. Shout out to Ozzy Newsome, episode 82. And I want to just make sure everyone knows we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.